I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is July the 21st. You are listening to the COB podcast here at Ausbiz. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today yet again by Carl Roddick. Carl, uh, welcome back and uh, another day of games. Yeah, another day of games. Um, waited till the very last minute to turn into positive territory. I mean, I suppose we were flat all day, but um, it was a very late rally. I don't know if you can make much of it, but we finished up half a percent on the ASX 200. So, yeah, happy days. What do you reckon about the, uh, the speculative end of the market? It's been <laughs> rallying pretty hard recently. And, uh, I'm gonna, I can call that. Yeah, so, I don't been, know. It, be, it is speculative. A lot of them are business models that yes. have been unproven through <laughs> yeah. the business cycle. Small caps. Uh, just mooning. Uh, going left, right and centre at the moment. Uh, we've got the poster child for, uh, for that particular uh, sort of stock today in uh, Wall Street. Uh, Tesla, out mm-hmm. of its quarterly results. Elon Musk got more uh, headlines about uh, what he said about the lithium price. Caught it insane. What's going on there? (laughs) Really? Well, I mean, you can't blame him for trying to jawbone it down a little bit, but the speculative areas of the market are looking reasonably hot. Um, I guess we had some news flow out here and there in the pockets of the market that we'll talk a bit uh, in a second about that have perhaps uh, put a rocket up to some of these names. But I always find it interesting. I I used to have this conversation with the the dealers on the desk at uh, IG about how much an actual short squeeze in pockets of the market can drive an overall index or not. Some of them thought it was BS, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, too big, too liquid, too Mm. much going on. But you look at days like this, especially in the the, uh, small ordinaries, which are showing a few more signs of life, you know, there's got to be something going on there more than just, you know, it's not, it's not liquidity. There's not, there's not new cash being put into the market necessarily. Like, um, so I don't know, but uh, yeah, clearly some, yeah, frenetic moves. Yeah, I had a say in the uh, newsletter today about what my thoughts are. Just in short, I think it's going to be a rug pull pretty soon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, be careful out there, kids. Uh, speaking of uh, some of the moves we saw today that were just mammoth, Telex up a lazy 20.2%. It released a quarterly. Zip, 15.8%. Uh, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, look, it was not too long ago, only a couple of weeks ago, it was trading the low 40 cent region. Yeah. Uh, now it's uh, in the high 60 cent region. Uh, I think it's over 70s, isn't it? Or did it close off the hot day's highs? Oh, look, it probably the way it was going, mooning into the close. It was close, 14%. Uh, it, was, uh, it was rocketing higher as well. Mm. Uh, we were lucky enough to have a chat with Peter Gray, uh, of yes. course, one of the co-founders there of Zip on the program today. The buy now, pay later model. Uh, look, a lot of people have got doubts now. Uh, there's a lot of people who are believers earlier on. Where do we stand with buy now, pay later? Because we've got not only this you know, change of macro conditions, I uh, know, people talking about a recession and the like. But then on the other side of the equation, you have these big boppers coming into the space like Apple. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the thing for me going forward in that space is that it's consumer credit as far as I'm concerned. So when I think of it as being consumer credit, I would want to invest in companies that have big, strong balance sheets and a big brand that means that it can grow its market and consolidate its market without disruptors coming in too easily. And like like you would say, a bank. So some of these names for me, as you know, we had Afterpay obviously in the market being mm. gobbled up by Block, and now that you know we don't really talk obviously about it anymore. But these kind of small names that are trying to carve out a niche and effectively again extend credit, you know, payday lending to people. One, there's a regulatory risk. Two, I just don't see how that can be sustainable. So I've never been. I've never. I've 
disclaimer, I've never owned these stocks. I've never used the products because I find that my, my dosers don't, don't need them. Mm. But I just don't see the sustainability in the business model, especially these small little nimble ones that are you know, trying to be fintechy credit providers, I guess. I, I just no, don't know. Yeah, I was lucky enough to go and uh, have access to an unsecured lending book and saw some of the other trends in that. And that gave me a bit of insight going into this particular cycle. But mm. we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe things will go and turn around. You mentioned uh, big, strong balance sheets. Well, I'll tell you, one company is good. <laughs> pretty strong at the moment. Woodside Energy. Uh, yeah, out with a quarterly update today. Unlike, I know, some of those names that we mentioned that performed really well today. Uh, it got absolutely smashed. But I think the bar is, uh, has been set at the polar opposite to what some of those growthier names yeah. have, uh, have seen. Uh, look, uh, given there's so much conjecture about what is in store for the energy space, particularly when it comes to outlook for prices. We thought we'd go and make it our stock of the day today on the call. So Koshi sat down today with David Lay from Ormanet and also Mark Gardner from Macro Capital to go and get their views on Woodside. Let's take a listen. The update was, was a positive one. As you said, it was the first real result that we've seen that's uh, got the new BHP petroleum assets in there. Uh, they did also announce that they're not no longer looking at selling one of their their assets in Senegal, uh, and that's really reflective of the fact that the the business has an excellent balance sheet. It's in very good position. Um, the share price has come off a fair bit today. It's down about 3.8%. Um, probably a little bit surprising, and we'd see that as a bit of an opportunity that we we like Woodside. We've actually got it got a buy recommendation on it, and it's our top pick in that uh, in that energy sector. Yeah, look, I, I'm happy to call it a buy um, right. today. Inflationary environments, energy always does well. Um, even if we do sort of start to see uh, a dip into a global recession, you know, China's largely, you know, very, um, very subdued at the moment. So there's every yeah. chance, as the BHP CEO outlined in the quarterly update the other day, that you know, China growth is is likely to come at some stage. You know, there's probably yeah. potential for stimulus packages, etc. So. That's probably going to mean that the, the oil price is going to hover around um, around these elevated prices for quite some time. There we have it. Uh, they both like it. Both a buy. It's uh, already in the portfolio, us, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. For us here at Osby's, though, it's already in the portfolio. So, yeah, won't yep. get ejected, but uh, at the same time, no movement. No, nope. uh, yeah. don't run any ESG scanners here, do we? Just uh, straight in. Straight into the portfolio. <laughs> Loving it. That's uh, that's the way we're doing it. We are no high conviction, no no stock picking fund here, and yep. uh, long should it continue. I've looked at what, how the performance has been over the last uh, last little bit, but uh, I'm sure we're probably outperforming. Uh, I digress. Let's uh, let's have a chat about uh, some of the great conversations we had on the program. Besides uh, Peter Gray from Zip, uh, we had a chat with Fraser McLeod from Shore and Partners from beautiful Adelaide. Big shout out to Grange uh, Surf Life Saving Club as well. A member that uh, both uh, Fraser and myself are. Uh, Blue chip. Uh, wow. Yeah. How, uh, how's, how's Fraser feeling at the moment? Uh, chipper about uh, how the equity market's performing? Well, I mean, I'll paraphrase what he said is that we shouldn't be too, we shouldn't have been too bullish at the top, and that means we shouldn't be too bearish at the bottom. So that was the sort of sage wisdom that kind of um, was the common thread through everything that he kind of provided today. But it was really good. I mean, I know, <laughs> as we know, we, we often get emails saying that people really do want those recommendations or tips or guidance as to what they should buy and why. Um, and there was a couple of thematics that came through with what Fraser said today in terms of, you know, things that provide a bit of yield, things that have good momentum play, things that might be a bit of a bargain at the moment. So some real, like pearls of wisdoms. If, you, if you're sort of running out of ideas on what to, to potentially look at in this market, Fraser might have a few for you to chew on. 
Alrighty, Momo to go and consider. Mm. Uh, also, had a chat with James White from Lesser Investment Management today about RBA and uh, in this era where everyone seems to be talking about recessions and uh, doom and gloom and how consumers going to fall over and you know, everyone's going to foreclose in their house and everything else. Uh, yeah, he says the RBA is probably not thinking about that as its biggest concern right now. He reckons it's that we're just going to keep spending like madmen and mad women at the moment uh, and then use all that excess savings and uh, and not see inflation come down. No, and I I had the privilege. I love talking to James um, one because I can throw really technical questions at him and uh, he, he knows how, how to field them um, but really in the weeds with the mechanics of offset accounts and why some of the data that we're seeing about people being ahead of their mortgages um, and savings rates might be a little bit accurate he, basically like you just said that I feel like you should just watch the interview because I'm not going to do it justice. Of just course, just watch the interview. Just watch the interview. But basically, what he said was that a lot of people are going to be digging into offset accounts that they've built built buffers into, and that's this sort of cash pile that people are spending. They're price insensitive, and it's going to give the RBA a massive headache. It was awesome. Listen to it. It's awesome. Well, maybe, maybe not a mortgage holder with a highly leveraged position at the moment, but <laughs> so yeah, awesome. In is that they'll probably be. A quite a few more uh, rate hikes is like the general gist of what the conversation was about. Yeah. Uh, look, i tell you another person who's not uh, not ready to go and call a death knell on the household uh, consumer as well is uh, Luke Winchester. Uh, he reckons it's uh, maybe a bit premature to go and say that I uh, know we're all going to go and pack it in and you know, stop spending, grab your Smith & Wesson and uh, tin food and go up to the mountains. Uh, <laughs> so he comes up with some, uh, some names in the retail space that have been smashed they probably represent a decent buy around these yep. levels. Let's go and uh, have a bit of a chat quickly to go and round off the show about the ECB. Oh, yes. We're Ooh. back here, are we? Yeah, we're finally arrived at this point What's of the under week. Your feet? Is that a soapbox under your feet? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've already said my piece about central <laughs> banks this week. No more on that particular front. Yeah. Uh, anti-fragmentation tool. Uh, speaking to Patrick Ikeval from Ebury on the show today, yep. uh, we had a bit of a powwow. Uh, I think we both came to the conclusion that it's going to be an anti-fragmentation tool that will be really the kicker, whether it's going to be a 50 or a 25 when it comes to the rate increase. No one's really going to go and be moving too much to dial one way or another when it comes no. to the euro. It's whether we can believe the anti-fragmentation tool will be worked and used appropriately. This is a question that I would like to put out to anyone who can actually enlighten me on it. I was wanting to talk about it with Prashant Yunaha. Is what happens when you've got all that excess liquidity, all these extra bank reserves in European banks... Does it really matter where the banks are actually domiciled? They're still getting that liquidity onto their balance sheet. It's still bolstering uh, reserves, whether you know the bank is in Italy or wherever else, whatever it happens to be. Their treasury sees those reserves increase, and it has effectively the same impact, I would imagine, as QE would do mm. in terms of the increase in, in bank reserves. They're just borrowing a different composition of assets, right? I, I want someone to explain that to me. Yeah. I want to I I try and figure that because that is, for me, because it, it has such a huge impact on whether they're actually going to be tightening policy enough to bring inflation down. Yeah, I think that there's a uh, general consensus at the moment that uh, if there is going to be any changes, it'll just be adding to, uh, to that, that uh, balance sheet size there at the ECB rather than actually going and doing anything to go and, and uh, decline it and reinvesting proceeds as well. You'd imagine it'll probably be expanding as well. But uh, the mechanics, we're, we're speculating about potentially what or may or may not come at the moment. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Over to you, Christine Lagarde. Uh, Madam Lagarde. Yeah, yeah it's going to be uh, interesting. Lagarde. I'm looking forward to seeing on 
Twitter. No doubt tonight we'll have the other uh, something like the the guesses. No, Jean Claude yeah. Trichet, you know, Draghi used to have like the ties and all that kind of stuff. No, what uh, what Trichet was doing with his hair, whether it was buffy or whether it was. <laughs> I've like, seen Lagarde's tan. Was, <laughs> That's the best back. one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what happens in that particular front. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a big event uh, right up there with what we've been seeing with the Federal Reserve. Yeah, and, uh, this one's got a little bit more conjecture around it, which means it's probably the uh, re- reaction one way or another will be pretty uh, pretty. Maybe a bit of volatility, baby. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there. Have a great uh, great evening. We'll be back for Friday. Thank goodness, TGIF, and also the last call tomorrow. Be a big one. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.